everybody. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Will Brinson here, your host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. Sometimes we're more than daily. Bum, bum, bum. Emergency Zeke cast. Oh, man. Ezekiel Elliott. And this is like, all right, so this is the Emergency Zeke Elliott Sciences uh, Contract Podcast. Probably run about 20 minutes, 25 max. Uh, we're going to have another podcast uh, tomorrow. There's a, there's a podcast in the queue right now with Brady Quinn. If you listen to that or you haven't listened to that yet, but you hear this one first, fast forward through the first 10 minutes because we talk about Zeke Steele. Although we do agree on some of the things we'll probably say here. Um, Heath Cummings will be joining me later. Uh, that'll come out Thursday morning to, uh, to do a, um, to do a fantasy podcast to get you ready for week one. And also we'll be doing a Thursday night preview podcast with Jared Dubin, who's also on the phone as an angry, angry Cowboys fan right now. Dude, what's up uh i knew this was coming i've been talking about it in slack for weeks and saying that i was going to be angry and guess what it happened and i'm angry (laughs) all right uh of course joining me as usual ryan tuna wilson new nickname thanks to my phone somehow autocorrecting ryan to tuna uh what's up tuna uh, in college, my freshman year, my freshman door, my nickname was Bread. So Tuna Bread. <laughs> tuna Forty bread. years later, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll, Breach, you can name nickname me uh, next time. I have a quick question for Dubin. What was the ideal yeah. scenario? You're letting Zeke well, walk. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. At least introduce Breach before you do this. Like Breach, what's Breach. up? <laughs> hey, John. Wilson's just trying to get the podcast out. Like I'm not even here. Thanks, Wilson. Thanks, so, Tuna. So I got a question for Dubin before we go anywhere. Dubin, what would you, what's your <laughs> what's your ideal? Seriously, whatever Ryan said, what's your ideal? What would be your preferred situation here with Zeke? And bear in mind that what we have from Zeke Elliott, according to the Cowboys and according to multiple reports, uh, ninety million dollar extension on six years with fifty million of that guaranteed. This is and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. It is six years on top of his existing two years with $50 million in guaranteed inside of that six years tacked on, which I think is a very bizarre thing to do instead of soaking up the first two years. My guess, Dubin, is that, that that's the fuzzy math. That's the fuzzy math that Jerry Jones is trying to pull on Zeke Elliott. Um, I don't think I'd be as mad as you are about this deal, though. What, what would you have wanted the Cowboys to do? I, I mean, first of all, I would have wanted them to wait until Zeke went an entire offseason without hitting someone before <laughs> deciding to pay him. Like, that's the first thing. Like, I don't understand how you give a guy guaranteed money when literally he's been in the league for three years and in all three offseasons he has hit somebody. Like, I don't understand how you pay a guy like that in the first place. I don't care how good he is. Like, it could be the best quarterback in the league, and I still wouldn't pay a guy guaranteed money if he had yet to go an entire offseason without hitting someone or pulling down a woman's shirt without asking her or being spotted at a marijuana dispensary or like shoving a security guard or any of those things. That's the, the first thing that like just the concept of paying him now at all would not have been agreeable to me. Um, and, and I look, I wrote about this on the site. Like I think when he's healthy and playing his best, he's probably the best running back in the league, but that just doesn't, matter to me given his off-field situation also i would have like the cowboys essentially had team control of him for five years anyway on the final year of his rookie deal the fifth year option and then three franchise tags if they want to do that um i would have dared him to sit out all but six games this season all of next season and all of the two seasons after that before he hit free agency like he was never going to do that like you didn't need to spend the entire summer 
posturing about how you're not going to pay him and running backs don't matter and we're fully comfortable with Tony Pollard being the guy if all you were going to do was cave to everything that he wanted five days before the season started. Like, if you were going to do this, just pay him in July. Um, yeah. So, so, to me, if if they knew they were going to pay him, just do it two months ago. And, you know, to me, I would have just not paid him now, first of all. And if you were going to, you should have driven a much harder bargain because there was really no leverage that he had here. And they spent the entire offseason unnecessarily trying to manufacture leverage that they already had because they had team control of him for five years. Well, let's say Dubin uh, to play, to borrow Brent's term, devil's avocado, that he did sit out and he did call your bluff and set out six games full well, Le'Veon Bell. As a Cowboys fan, are you willing to go from 10 and six winning the division to possibly going seven and nine and, and being the, those not so great Cowboys team we saw in recent years? Uh, well, I would say it depends. Does Jason Garrett get fired at the end of the year? <laughs> he gets the $50 million that went to Zeke. Um, uh, no. Well, well, I mean, I'm not uh, willing to do that. I, I, th- I think this is really important to, to look at, though, because my all right, so w- what I think the Cowboys have done this offseason is with the three contract extensions that they've signed, and it's possible that um, Jerry's going to – Soak up the first week of the season with a DAC extension, too. I think it's probably unlikely, but it's possible. Um, you know, they signed Jalen Smith to a below market deal in which they, like, they sent out a, a, a press release. They're like, Oh, one cow, one young Cowboys player will be signed to an extension. We will announce it this afternoon. And then they, then they, <laughs> then they like revealed the contract terms at the, at the press conference. Then they signed Lyle Collins and then they're just flooding the timeline with the contract terms. Okay. Then Zeke Elliott signs, and on DallasCowboys.com, by, uh, on the story by, uh, David Hellman, who is a, you know, is an objective, good analysis. I mean, actually, I think he's a Cowboys fan, but whatever. He's a, he's a good, he's a good writer. I don't think he's like, he's not parroting some PR thing for Jerry, but in that, in that story on DallasCowboys.com, the homepage of the Dallas Cowboys, the two sides have agreed to terms on a six-year, $90 million extension with 50 million of that guaranteed. Anytime a team, is out there pumping up numbers. It means those numbers are total and complete crap. And that's what I think this is. I don't buy that Zeke is, the Cowboys are committed to Zeke for eight years. They're not doing that. It's out of control. Uh, Nobody's committed to anyone for eight years. Right. So my thinking here is that this is, at most, a three-year extension on top of Zeke's two current years. And I would bet that there are performance escalators for Zeke, as Brady Quinn said um, earlier today on earlier today's podcast, that he believes Zeke would probably take less guaranteed money because he's willing to bet on himself, whether that's foolish or not. Um, I would bet there's a lot of performance escalators in there, like Zeke has to you know top 1,400 rushing yards or lead the league in rushing or something, be top five in rushing, whatever it is. And I would bet also that essentially this is a – Two years left on his on his current contract, where he makes a total of twelve million dollars, and then the Cowboys get into a three year thirty five million dollar deal. Like that's basically what they gave him. And when you actually take the twelve million along with the ninety, and you go one hundred two divided by eight, that's twelve point seven five per year. That's less than what Le'Veon Bell is making. So that's before we even get into the real nitty gritty of the contract. So in my opinion, breach, I think that this is a 
uh, this is a PR win for Zeke because he gets to say he's making fifteen million dollars a year in new money, and it's a PR win for the Cowboys because they get to be like, you know, we we didn't cave, we just believe Zeke is that good, but in reality, they're hosing this guy on the back end with not that big of a contract. Yeah, oh, I mean, if you're the Cowboys. If Zeke plays out this contract, then you're the Cowboys. You're the big winner of this deal because, yeah. like you said, he's making under thirteen million dollars per year. Per year, it is a bargain if Zeke plays out this contract and it doesn't get restructured at any point, which there's probably a zero percent chance that happens. But if it does, then yes, it is a bargain. But now that we've looked at Zeke's history, where he decides he wants a new deal with two years left, who's to say that Zeke doesn't turn around in four years with four years left on the deal? And he's like, you know what, guys, I want a new deal. I'm not going to play. So like. He's proven that he doesn't care about his contract and not that any of the NFL owners do. But if I am the Cowboys, I'm a little concerned that if Zeke gets tired of this deal in year five, if he leads the NFL in rushing for the next three years, which isn't crazy, that could absolutely happen. Who's to say, hey, look, I'm underpaid again. But the other part, the big advantage that the Cowboys have right now is that the running back market is almost certainly not going to get reset. There is not going to be a running back that tops this deal in the next two or three years. So it is going to stand, it's going to withstand the test of time. Because you look at what happens with receivers. You have Odell, you have Michael Thomas. Everybody just keeps topping each other. And at a normal position, if Zeke signs a contract in 2019 and then we get to 2023, he's probably the ninth highest, ninth highest paid person in his position. But at running back, Four years down the road, this might still be the first, second, or third uh, highest paid contract. I think one thing, like, so you mentioned the restructuring. The, the reason the Cowboys always do these deals that are way longer than everybody else is because they build in the ability to restructure them. They do it with literally everyone. They did it with Romo in the first two years after he signed this deal. They did it with Tyron Smith. They did it with Zach Martin. They did it with Travis Frederick. They did it with, like, Jason Witten a couple of years ago. You know, they, they build in restructures so they have the ability to move cap space into future years. Now, they, their books are much cleaner now than they were when they were doing those restructures in the past. But you don't sign an eight-year deal not thinking you're going to restructure it at some point. Like, they, they do this on purpose. So I would imagine that the, the deal as written is not going to be played out that way just because they're going to want to find cap space for themselves at some point, even though they have money now. Like they're going to pay Dak, they're going to pay Cooper, they're going to pay Byron Jones, most likely. Um, so the, the money is going to dry up at least a little bit, even though they do have the room to pay those guys now. So I wouldn't expect that he plays out the full eight-year deal no matter what, even if he makes it look like a quote-unquote bargain compared to you know anyone else who's out there. But also, just like even, though, even, even if it's less technically per year than Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I wrote this in the, in the piece also that people can read. I think it was called like, why the Cowboys shouldn't pay Zeke long-term guaranteed money or something like that. I don't know. I, I, think, I, think, the actual, I, think, I think the actual headline was, I'm in hell, help me. Love, Dubin. <laughs> uh, I told them yesterday to change the headline to just, you idiots. Um, <laughs> I don't know how well that went over. but <laughs> Dubin, like, if, if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, where will you mm. be? Uh, I'll be miserable because Jason Garrett's getting extended. I mean this. This is this is the problem right here. You're just a terrible Cowboys. You would, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't sign for a Jason Garrett extension and a Zeke extension for a Super Bowl. Yeah. No, of course I would. I'm just like <laughs> I'm one of those guys that is never happy about anything. Um, You're well, a curmudgeon. Good. Yeah, it's good that you yeah, worked at therapy. I'm, I'm definitely a curmudgeon. Um, but like uh, paying him less 
uh, on an average annual value than Le'Veon Bell, I don't think makes it necessarily a good deal. It just makes it a better deal than Le'Veon Bell's. To me, if you're paying more than five, six million dollars a year for a running back, you're probably doing it wrong in the first place, no matter how good the running back is. Well, if you want some good news, Dubin, uh, in a few years, the Giants are going to blow the steel out of the water with Saquon Barkley's next deal. Oh, 100%. I was just, literally right before you guys called me, I was on the friend, on the phone with one of my friends who's a Giants fan, and he was like, not really laughing. He was actually on on board with uh, the Cowboys should pay Zeke this amount of money because their team is built around him. And I was like, yeah, well, that would just hold a lot more water if the offense didn't stink. Um, and he was like, yeah, well, we'll be going through this with Barkley in two years. And I said, yeah, it's going to be just as bad of an idea for them as it is for us. So, so I mean, are, am I crazy? I feel like we're just discuss- we're just bad at discussing, not us, but like, like, we're like, okay, listen, everybody needs to be calm and rational when we're discussing contracts and the guaranteed money. It's like Zeke signs like $90 million. And we, do, and we do that for like 24 hours. And then somebody actually gets their hands on this contract. And we're like, oh, this is this deal. And this is not that big a deal. Like Michael Thomas's deal. It's like, like, like I'm getting, we're getting blown up. Like you got to get on HQ. We got to have 90 people in a row discussing Michael Thomas's making a hundred million dollars from the saints. And it's like, well, okay. It turns out that it's really more like 96 max with, you know, like escalators. He's actually going to hit and, you know, it's deferred guarantees. And I mean, like, I just don't believe that this Zeke Elliott deal is going to be that big. I think, well, no, go ahead. Right, so let me just, I just, I'm sorry. I just want to jump in right here because I think the number is $50 million in guarantees that Zeke is going to get. But that's not and true so, guarantees. Well, and we will get that number, but it could be because Gurley's number was 45. And I think that Zeke's whole thing was beating that and that's what was sold him on signing this contract so I, I think it would probably be close to that let's just say it is for uh argument's sake if he is getting 50 million dollars rock solid guarantee he's also got the 12 million dollar you were mentioning from his rookie contract which means at worst he's got three years and 62 million dollars over the next three seasons which is over 20 million a year so that's- the cowboys will make sure he's sticking around longer than that so he's not making 20 million a year and if you're zeke if they were to cut you after year three and you walk out with 62 million uh, you're gonna, that's that's a fantasy. Yeah, so, right, like that's right, your sure. best case scenario. Oh, I think that's, it's I think that's Kirk Cousins money. I think it's really more like yeah, like yeah. Dubin pointed out. It's really more like four years, sixty two million dollars, which is fine too. That's still fifty because you're talking about the two franchise tags that the Cowboys were expecting to use on them. I, I, I don't disagree with you, Breach. Um, but I, I do wonder too. Like, is it like is it possible the Cowboys frame fifty million dollars, meaning including the twelve million dollars he's making the next two years? Because that would <laughs> would that surprise you if that was the case? That'd be classic Jerry. And also, like, like, I mean, like but that would also come in short of the the new forty million that Gurley got in guarantees, right? Because yeah. that would be thirty eight. Then, yeah. I mean, I'm. So guess- I, don't know. I feel it feels like Zeke probably wouldn't sign that. But also, yeah. like, so I wrote about this again in the piece that I wrote, um, basically comparing Pro Football References approximate value, which basically is a one number stat that shows you how valuable each player was in a season to you know what Zeke made last year and what he would need to provide over the course of a contract to make 40 million over 3 years worth it and it was like he would need to produce 88 points of approximate value in 3 years to mm. to provide the same exact value that he did last season which is obviously not going to happen because he's been one of the best running backs in the league for 3 years and has produced like 48 points in approximate value and so it's, I w- it's just never going to happen to make it worth it from that sense it is because he's a running back, but I will say in Zeke's defense, and if you're the Cowboys, you know we know that he's read, he's led the NFL in yards per game 
each of his first mm-hmm. three seasons. He's been the rushing leader in two of the first three, but he got suspended for uh, that one season. So yards per game, he has been the rushing leader for three straight seasons. Only two other running backs in NFL history have done that. Jim Brown, Earl Campbell, both Hall of Famers. So, like, that is kind of a number that's been indicative of someone who is going to have a long, successful career at that position, which you don't see often at running back. So maybe Zeke is the outlier here that you should pay even though, for the most part, you should not be giving running backs that much money. Um, I should point yeah, out. I, mean, I think, well, first of all, like, a lot of that is a function of volume, right? Like, he's led the league in rushing um, because well, no, he's led we're the talking league about yards in per, carries per game. Well, right, right but, you, you know, like, if you're doing three yards per carry, you're getting beat up if you're Lamar Miller behind a horrible offensive line. So, yes, it, I mean, it's a function of everything because you need everybody's help who's on the field, but... I mean, I think that if there's any running back that's proven their value over the past three years, it's Zeke. Yeah, and, and I, I think I would add to that, too. This is not the, none of this is to say, by the way, that he's not a valuable player right. or a good player. It's just that he's not valuable enough to justify paying him all this money. Like, and, again, all this stuff is opinion. I think it's pretty backed up by a ton of research uh, on my side, whereas on the other side, it's just like you have to establish the run and stop the run to win games, and that's sort of been proven not to be true over the years. Um, but to, to me, it's more like the, the value in terms of what that player provides just doesn't help as much as we think it does. And the only time the Cowboys offense has been good during Zeke's career is when Dak has been good. Like in 2016, the first half of 2017, and the second half of 2018 are the only times that the Cowboys offense has been good during Zeke's career. And if the only time the offense is good is when the quarterback is good, it's probably not the running back that's driving the value of the offense. So to me, it just doesn't make that much sense to pay him big money. I think there is one interesting hypothetical here that sort of like, okay, it's not even a hypothetical, it's kind of a hypothetical, but like, I don't think that the Cowboys, I think that Zeke will make the Cowboys will play well enough over the course of whatever guaranteed money he has that the Cowboys will not be like, wow, what a disaster contract. And I think that there's a, like, when you look at Todd Gurley's deal, right? He signed the deal. When he signed the deal last offseason, everybody's like, well, you shouldn't pay running backs, but GD, Gurley is good. And like, it, like, like nobody, nobody was really that upset that they gave him a contract extension. If he hadn't developed this arthritic knee or whatever it is, if he hadn't set out the Super Bowl, what's that? Who broke that story? John Breach. With Dave Richard got the final word, though. Yeah, that was, Shout out to Dave from the trainer. Oh, yeah, right. Um, but my point being is that if you look at Gurley's deal, all of the guaranteed money is loaded up through 2020. Like, that's his age 26 season. I think we all thought Gurley was going to be good for the next, like, for 2017, 18, 2019, and 2020. That was, that was, it's really surprising that wasn't the case. And so I think the Cowboys are probably in a similar position. They just need Zeke to be good from 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. If Zeke turns out to be a disaster at any point over that stretch, then yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a nightmare contract. But I would also bet that they have, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they have a no holdout clause in there if they have um again escalators tied to performance and if they have a situation where it's like listen you know you all your guarantees are voided if you do something off the field that causes this you know that causes you to miss games or causes that clause is not in there i mean it's a disaster sure 100 percent. yeah as you pointed out just get through an offseason without punching somebody all right so what what is the what 
look, he signed. It doesn't matter. We can't you know, like running backs don't matter. That's mm. fine, but we can't argue over it anymore because they gave him the freaking contract. I don't think it's going to be as much as the Cowboys are propping up to be, but you know it is. It probably is bigger than the Gurley deal in those first four years. What can we expect, Breach, from the Cowboys in 2019 now that they have Zeke in the fold? Well, I was just going to throw a stat real quick to sure. make Cowboys fans sad. Over the past five years, there hasn't been one Super Bowl champion that paid their running back more than a million dollars. And now we're talking $15 million per season or 12.875, whatever that average annual value was. And also our guy Brian Diardo wrote an article taking that back 10 years and there has only been one running back in the past 10 years on a Super Bowl champion team that made more than $2 million, and that was Marshawn Lynch in 2013. So it, it, you pay a running back, and it hasn't paid off for anyone that's made that decision. No team has successfully paid their running back and then ridden that running back to the Super Bowl. So, it, you know, obviously you asked about this season. That's a good segue here. This means that I don't think the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Sorry, Dubin. And I actually don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to feed Zeke a lot. I think teams are onto that. They, they know what the Cowboys do. Obviously, you can't just shut down Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, maybe Dubin feels better about the season. I think they're going to be somewhere between eight and eight and ten and six. But I, you know, I don't think they're going to be uh, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year. I think that's probably the right range in terms of wins. Like they won, what was it, ten games last year? But they had the you know the point differential of a nine and seven team. And I think they maybe got a little bit uh, deeper on the defensive side of the ball just because they added more guys on the front, which was sort of, other than Demarcus Lawrence, the the weakness of the team last year. Um, so even if they've improved a little bit, I think it's likely that they could finish with around the same record. Like I think 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, and seven, something like that is probably the most likely range for them. Um, but to me, it's, it's, it's not necessarily dependent on – Zeke as much as it is like optimizing the play calling and optimizing the design of their offense. Like Kellen Moore, I think has much more to do with how good the team is going to be than Zeke does. Um, Cause if they keep running the ball, like 65% of the time on first down and running, you know, four curls on third and 10 every time, then it doesn't really matter that Zeke is there because they're just pursuing suboptimal strategies that, Everybody knows, and that's why Scott Linehan's offense stunk for the last few years. But, you know, if they get into, you know, spread the field more so Zeke can run into lighter boxes, um, you know, throw the ball more on early downs, including to Zeke himself, if they do things like that, their offense will be better just because they're doing things that make more sense. Um, so I, I think Kellen Moore is going to dictate a lot of how successful they are this year, basically. Wilson, what do you think? Cowboys, 10 wins, 12 wins, 14 wins, Super Bowl? Uh, I, I'm with Breach. I have turned in my predictions for the season. Breach, has everyone turned theirs in, by the way? That's so we are only missing the predictions from one person. I won't name names, but he hosts a daily podcast on <laughs> CBSSports.com. Does it, does it rhyme with Gil Rinson? Gil Minson. And, it Gil. Might, and also, I'd like that Gil Rinson to know that the season literally starts in 24 hours, so please get those to me ASAP. Uh, so following up on that, I had the Cowboys uh, finishing second in the division behind the Eagles, and like Breach, I did not have them making yep. the playoffs. And if they went nine and seven, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I, I, my, my feathers are not ruffled about them signing Zeke. I knew they would, they would do it, and they would probably pay him more than Ty Gurley. And I thought if you wanted Zeke to play, that's what you'd have to do. They've done it. We'll see what kind of impact it has, but I won't be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. Do I need to give you records for those Breach or just the order? Just the no team. records, just the order, man. Just the order. Your two wild cards. 
and your Super Bowl teams. But I already know your Super Bowl teams. That's right, you do. Um, you know I think I, I had them. I submitted mine yesterday. I think I had them as the sixth seed. The Cowboys, yeah. So I had I, the Eagles being at homer. Yeah, so we all think the Eagles are probably still the best team in the division, even though the Cowboys signed a running yeah. back to a ninety million dollar contract. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Duba doesn't know this. Neither did Ryan and John. But we'll be right back to talk about Jared Goss contract. Maybe more important. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Okay, so uh, you know Jared Goff didn't warrant a uh, didn't warrant his own emergency podcast last night when he signed a contract. Sort of messed up, right? I guess that's fantasy football. Maybe I don't I don't know. Or maybe it's because there wasn't a huge, long, protracted holdout that demanded and, and took care of headlines for six months and soaked up all of our attention exactly the way Jerry Jones would want us to. Nope, the Rams did things a little differently. They just banged out their business real fast. Um, should probably rephrase that, huh? Anyway, Jared Goff signed a $110 million deal. Dubin, you, uh, you, hate the, uh, you hate the deal for Zeke Elliott. What do you think about the deal for uh, Jared Goff? I think as long as McVay is there, it'll probably be fine in the end. Like, Goff is going to be, I think, at minimum an above-average quarterback. And at this point in the NFL, if you don't have one of those, you're pretty screwed. So I'm fine with paying him that. And, I mean, the deal came in essentially around the same value per year as Carson Wentz. Um, And, you know, Wentz is probably the better player, but he's certainly been significantly less healthy throughout their respective careers. So if you can give Wentz $32 million a year, I think you can give the same thing to Goff. But just a side note, to bring it back around to the Cowboys for literally one second, they have to hate the Rams, right? Like, <laughs> they got the girly deal done, and then that was the basis for Zeke. And now this golf deal gets done. It's almost definitely going to be the basis for Dak. Like, the, Jerry Jones has to hate Les Snead and, and all those guys over there. Well, just to counterpoint that, I will say that um, the Jared Goff deal – ended up just barely clearing Carson Wentz's deal, which is not that terrible for, like, now it's going to be hard for Dak to justify saying, I want to break the quarterback market. He's basically like, yeah, give me five. I mean, he's going to go above Wentz and he's going to go above golf, obviously, unless he's unless he just takes him mm-hmm. another deal like the Cowboys, uh, Ryan. But I think at this point it would be, it'd be difficult for Dak to just completely reset the market. No, that's right. I mean, 33.5, 34, 35, something like that. Um, we actually wondered in the summer, uh, I did in particular, whether Sean McVay, because he's so important to that offense, if they could just replace um, Jared Goff with the next random quarterback. I mean, remember in, in Washington when McVay was the uh, offensive coordinator there, Kirby Cousins went off in those last two years before he ended up, before McVay left, and then the, the next year Kirby left for, for Minnesota. So it's sort of the rare instance where the coach is maybe more important than the quarterback. Breach talked in the last segment about how there's never been a, a running back to make more than $2 million on a Super Bowl winning team. I think we have similar conversations about wide receivers. There's never been a, a high-paid 
wide receiver on, on a Super Bowl team, but there is always a quarterback uh, behind the the Super Bowl that that Super Bowl run. And Jared Goff got the Rams there last year. He played terribly in the Super Bowl. He didn't play well in the playoffs. That said, he was six overall in DVOA according to our guys, football outsiders. So clearly, he's doing something right after doing uh, nothing right in his rookie season with Jeff Fisher. So this again, this deal doesn't bother me. If Sean McVay's okay with it, then I'm certainly okay with it. If they wanted to go down the the Carson Wentz road and the and the Russell Wilson road prior to those guys getting big deals where the, the Eagles and the Seahawks were able to build around those players on the rookie deals, I would have been okay with that if they moved on from them. I would have trusted Sean McVay. And I do wonder on the open market if Jared Goff's getting $33.5 million. I don't imagine he would. Maybe he would. But I feel like this is a perfect situation, and it makes a ton of sense for both sides. Yeah, and Wilson, you I remember that conversation in July about – we did debate whether or not you should pay Jared Goff. And the one thing I said was that during my exclusive interview with Rams owner Stan Kroenke after the Super Bowl, he made it pretty clear that he loved Jared Goff. Uh, just said, hey, look, this guy's going to be around a long time. And, and that's kind of what I said in July. That I, I didn't think he would sign a contract this huge, but that there was no way they were getting rid of him because the owner loves him. And so the thing is that you look at this deal – the extension, the four-year, $134 million, Brinson mentioned the $110 million guaranteed. But when you tack it on to his rookie contract, now it's a six-year, $160 million, which is $26.6 million per year. That's about what I would want to pay Jared Goff. So I actually think this is a great deal for the Rams. If Goff, uh, you got him for three more years where you can just kind of look at him, and if he doesn't pick up McVay's system or doesn't get better, then you say, hey, we can move on after a few seasons. You can kind of figure out where you can cut ties, uh, but this doesn't hamper the Rams at all, and so I, I'm a fan of this deal. The, the reality of this deal is that Jared Goff is a 24-year-old? 20, uh, He's 24 years old. He's at 24. He's a former number one overall pick who's 24 years old and just flew for 4,600 yards and 30-plus touchdowns. This is a no-brainer. It's a layup. Sean McVay's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. He signed a contract, too. Golf is good in the system. He had a bad month, and he peed down his leg in the Super Bowl a little bit against Bill Belichick. It happens to the best quarterbacks in the history of the game. It's not an indictment of Jerry Goff's future career. We should be asking not what... <laughs> it didn't happen to Blake Bortles, by the way, in the AFC Championship game, but everyone else it did happen to. Right. Blake's, Blake Bortles and Jared Goff inextricably linked for throughout time uh but look, and they're now best buddies yeah that's their back yeah, they've always been best buddies i think um but it, it shouldn't be about like should what like what can sean mcveigh succeed with another quarterback it should be like what can jared goff do what what is his upside with sean mcveigh as they continue to work mm-hmm. together so it's, i mean look it's it's not like a i get that you could find somebody that sean mcveigh could make good but it's not just plug and play like it is like oh go get tony pollard and slap him behind center for the rams and see how he operates it doesn't doesn't always work like that guys oh well yeah, like i think if, if anybody could succeed with any quarterback, it's probably McVay. But any quarterback could mean like you're throwing, you know, Blake Bortles out there. And no matter what, that's not going to be as good. You know, we, we, I think, underrate the importance of specific quarterbacks in a situation like this and overrate the ability to find another quarterback who could provide you, say, like, you know, 75% of the production for 25% of the cost. If you look at the history of the NFL – teams are just really, really bad at identifying good quarterback prospects. I mean, it's the, the position with the clear highest bus rate players, you know, even more than running back, I think have the tend to have the shortest careers because so many of them flame out 
after just like one year or two years. I mean, it's, it's so hard to find a guy who can even be average or better. Um, so even, even though McVay could probably make any average quarterback look significantly better than that, finding a quarterback who's average in the first place is just so difficult to the point that when you find one, you almost have to pay him. Um, also, anything else on Jared Goff? I just won't, will reiterate what I've been saying for the past you month or so. You think Kirk Cousins is better than Jared Goff? We get it. We get it, right? <laughs> uh, no, I don't know if I think that, but I do think. <laughs> I don't think you think that. Wholeheartedly, that if Blake Bortles had to play this season, he would put up better numbers in Sean McVay's system than Nick Foles will put up in Jacksonville. Uh, that is a – why did you not – this should be like a bold prediction. You should write that. I've said that before, twice like in the it. podcast. I like it. It's a good It's a good line. It's a good line. I don't disagree with it. All right, go ahead. Um, so just very quickly, uh, I love these two headlines next to each other. Le'Veon Bell, Steelers, quote, had something special and let it go, end quote. James Conner, quote, great vibe, end quote, on drama-free Steelers. <laughs> it's like, stop it. Will you guys just stop it? Stop acting like divorced parents. Let's go play football. I'm sick and tired of it. Uh, and then finally, the Falcons, Arthur Blank, said they are, quote, very, very close, end quote, to a deal with Julio Jones. Why is this not happening? Should Julio be mad, John? Uh, I think Julio should be mad if this deal is not signed by 1 p.m. on Sunday. Because, look, Falcons have been saying all offseason, this is going to get done before the season starts. This is going to get done before the season starts. And Julio probably meant that thought that meant Thursday, like when the actual season starts and the Falcons were like, no, no, man, we meant when our season starts on Sunday. So I the Falcons would be crazy not to get something done at, just because they've been so vocal about the fact it's going to happen. You don't want to lead on your star player, then throw him under the bus and not give him a contract, especially after last season. Because remember, Julio Jones was ready to sit out last season until they threw in a little bit more guaranteed money. You do that to him two years in a row and don't give him a new contract. That is how you make. That's how you get to a Calvin Johnson Lions situation where you just start hating each other. So I would be absolutely shocked if a Hoyo Jones deal isn't done sometime this week. All right, there you have it. That's the Emergency Zeke podcast with a little golf sprinkled on top and a little dollop of Julio Jones news. Dubin, thanks for hopping on with us. Always a pleasure. Sorry thanks about for your, having me. Thanks for. Uh, sorry about your. Uh, Sorry about your Cowboys, buddy. Too bad they signed a running back. Ryan, John, talk to you guys soon.